Welcome everyone back to the Tailgate Country Podcast. We got another great artist on today. Um, we kind of get off the beaten path on some of the conversation there, but it was really good stuff. His name is Clayton Shea. Uh, he's a new face to Nashville, quote unquote new. No one's really new. He got there in like, what, 2018, I think it was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, before we get into that interview, uh, who am I going to call on? Hunter or Brian? Who, sh- who should I do? Hunter. <laughs> Hunter, you got something for the listeners? Um, once again, we've teamed up with our friends at Southern Creek Clothing. Um, they're an outdoor apparel company founded in 2019. They pride themselves on quality Southern apparel and great customer service, and they are giving a discount to our listeners of 20% off if you use the code TGCOUNTRY with all capitals. It's not just a discount. It's a special discount yeah. is what we have put in our copy. <laughs> special discount special discount <laughs> tg country 20% off at southern creek clothing you find them at southerncreekclothing.com on social media at southern creek clothing company um they have a lot of good stuff uh actually i wear their hat and their shirts all the time because they're really comfortable they use uh comfort color shirts right that's yep. yeah that's the brand yeah super comfortable um i was wearing it by the fire yesterday it's great fireside wearing <laughs> shirts i always wear it next to that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know just you know expanding on a bit um also check out our website in the copy it says brand new website it's not brand new anymore we've had it for a little while uh, but that's tgatecountry.com there you can find links to our podcast articles about our guests articles about other artists that we have not had on our podcast new music releases a whole lot more than that that we can't include in our podcast that we don't include on social media that's tgatecountry.com go check it out but okay here is clayton jay Up, nice to meet you thanks for having me appreciate yeah. you yeah I like, I like it's not the, too early uh, to start drinking is it no oh, not, not at all, all. <laughs> <laughs> depending on whose time zone you're in it's already five o'clock right i like the uh the recording equipment you got in the background there oh thanks dude yeah i'm just kind of piecing it together man I, i'm not much of like a producer or anything but with uh with rights and stuff it's always good to have like a track guy kind of there to you know put something real simple together so i'm trying to trying to work on that a little bit that's pretty cool cheers boys cheers yeah cheers. My... <laughs> just got for work right? i don't have one yet <laughs> um but we are speaking with illinois native he's current nashville artist his name's clayton shea clayton what part of illinois are you from i'm from central illinois so cornfields basically the the biggest town close to where i'm from is peoria illinois I recognize it because I think I drove through it this summer and yeah, yeah. that was a bunch of cornfields yeah, by uh, Northern that's Illinois. That's about the only reason that. <laughs> that you go through is just driving through. So starting off, um, why don't you tell us who Clayton Shea is, um, some of your early influences and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So um, I've been, you know, I've, I've loved music pretty much my whole life. Um, never really considered it as a real possibility until I was, probably 20 or 21 so i mean my early influences ranged all over the place from the beatles to frank sinatra to creed and pearl jam to you know <laughs> slipknot everything man I, I listened to it all 
And uh, I kind of draw things from each different variety, each different flavor that kind of shaped me into the type of artist that I am. So, um, yeah, there's, I'm really not a genre specific. I don't, I don't even know what my sound is going to be like, really. I'm just, every time I go to the studio, I just try to make something that I enjoy sonically and that I think other people will enjoy. You know, this is probably jumping ahead of ourselves here, but I actually do want to kind of talk, talk about that really quick because you have two songs on Spotify right now. Um, one of them, so, Girl Like You, it came out back in July. Um, and then the other one is Sign Another Man, and that came out recently in December. And yeah, they're phonetically just so different. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of take us through, I know you said it's different every time, but like kind of take us through those processes and how maybe they differ depending on how you're feeling at the time or just what was going on with those. Great question. Um, so Girl Like You was kind of a, a safe move for me. It was... Um, I had been waiting, you know, I've been in town at that point, two years, and I was starting to get impatient. I'd been writing a lot. I told myself when I moved to town, I was like, I'm going to write a hundred songs before I cut anything. Cause I wanted to kind of give myself that threshold to make sure I was getting quality. Well, it ended up being more like 150 or like 170 or something in there before I cut one. So when I, when I cut or when I wrote girl like you, it was with uh, a couple of really talented guys, um, John Kraft, Taylor Phillips, who wrote Hurricane with Luke Combs and Good As You and Homesick with Kane. <clears throat> and then uh, Garrett Jacobs, who was on American Idol. And we, we wrote it and it kind of just fell out. It was super easy. It took us like an hour and a half to write. And as soon as I left, I was like, man, like that's that's a radio song because Taylor, <clears throat> such a good writer, man. He's got, you know, those three number ones and he's got a bunch of other cuts. So it's kind of a no brainer for me. And uh, production-wise, it, it was real easy, too. I think there was really only one day that we had to, like, go in and kind of mess with some things to get the, you know, sonically to get it to sound right. But other than that, it was – we knew how it was going to sound from start to finish. Sign Another Man, pretty much the polar opposite in every way. I wrote that one a long time ago, actually, well before A Girl Like You. And uh, it took us, like, seven hours to write it. Uh, the first writing session, we literally didn't write a single word down. We just sat and talked about it for like three hours. And then the next time we came in and wrote it. And uh, sonically, I had no idea what it was going to sound like because I always played it out acoustically and it always it always hit people really hard. And I knew that that was something. So I knew I wanted to cut it because of that. But I always played it acoustically and I couldn't hear it any other way. So it took us like five and a half months to to cut it, to get it recorded because we were just messing with things left and right trying to get it to be you know it's a ballad so it's like not everybody's gonna buy into that so you got to do something to make it sonically interesting to capture the attention of those people who don't want to look into the message as much so i'm really pleased with how it turned out um colt caparoon shout out to him he's my producer he's the man um he always goes the extra mile to make sure everything's right on so yeah through your through your uh Go ahead, Brett. We were just chatting about Taylor Phillips before we press record on this, actually. We were just talking about how he had that really solid EP back in 2018. We haven't heard from him since. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going more the writing route. <clears throat> Taylor's a, he's a good artist, but I think his real strength is he's like a wordsmith and a, a great... Uh, he just gets that commercial writing thing, you know? Not everybody does, and he's... The rights he's getting, like, he's he's writing with top dogs, you know, so it makes sense for him to just, if Kane Brown wants to cut songs, I would be writing with him as much as possible mm-hmm. too. So. 
Well, very cool. Through your uh, three years now in Nashville, what's the biggest thing that you've learned so far? Honestly, um, just the power of, of just being a good hang and how much that matters. Uh, you can be the most talented guy in the world. You can be, you know, the richest guy in the world. And those things might not ever make your, you know, your dreams happen. But I think that being a good dude and making connections can trump all those things uh, because you can never know, you can never, how can I say this? There's never enough people that you can know. You, you, mm-hmm. you always need to know more people basically. And I think that's true with most things too, with most professions. It's, it's who, you know, not what you know. So um, any, anything that I've accomplished, uh, I relate to that. It's just to be being as good of a person as you can basically. Now going back to 2018, before you moved to Nashville, what, what uh, I guess was the thing that you wish you would have known back then? 2018. Um, I think what I wish I would have known was I wish, so when I moved to town, I'll have to give you a little, little backstory. So when I moved to town, I immediately started touring with this band called Blackjack Billy playing bass for them. Uh, and I, I love those dudes. They're, awesome and i'll play with them forever but i wish i wouldn't have kind of sidelined my solo thing so much um because we i got to town and we were, we hit the road you know right away and we were touring quite a bit and it was super good learning experience but i kind of got lazy and i was like you know i would be on tour for 10 days and i'd come home and i'd sit on the couch for a week because i didn't need to do anything else you know i made my money and and that was my life so Cause up to that point I'd never done anything like that. So I was like, ah, oh, this is doing it. But now I've learned the art of hustling and it's, it's nonstop. You know, if you're hungry, if you want that thing, you got to keep going and never be lazy, have every day jam packed as much as you can stand. And, and also I think I would tell myself my 2018 self to chill out and not try to write with people who have number ones, right. When you move to town, cause Man, I was sliding into some DMs that I had no business sliding into. <laughs> and I don't I don't think that I necessarily like ruined any relationships, but it definitely makes things weird later on when you kind of earned that, you know, to go back and be like, Hey, I hit you up two years ago. By the way, you wanna write? <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing, but that's a mistake a lot of people make when they come to town is they you know, they see people out, you know, people that are famous or celebrities or whatever and they're like ah oh, they're so so attainable they're so reachable but really you just kind of it goes back to the being a good dude thing like honestly i've uh i've got a potential cut coming out this year as a major label artist and i never mentioned writing to him ever until he did like i every time i saw him i was just like hey what's up dude like how are things going for you just be a good hang and then one day he's like yeah we need to get a write sometime i was like yeah we do how about this date it's just like I was ready for it then, but um, yeah, it's kind of how it needs to go. Yeah, and going back to uh, you said that you started off playing bass. How is, if it is at all, how is like a day where you have a gig? Let's say it's that's Friday night, right? And you got a gig somewhere in town. How does it differ being the bass player versus being the act? That's a great question. So uh, up until 2018, I wasn't a bass player. So I, I've always been a front man. Um, I'm, I'm from Illinois. I played up there for several years and I opened for blackjack Billy and I stayed in contact with them. And when I moved to town, I was like, Hey, let's grab a beer. 
And they're like, actually, we need a bass player. Uh, we know you don't play bass or sing harmonies, but do you want to learn? And I was like, absolutely. Like, so I just locked myself in a room for like seven hours a day for like a month and learned how to do it. <laughs> um, and it, that's, that's the thing, man. Like you gotta, if you get your eyes set on something, you gotta just do it. But, uh, yeah, there's a major difference between, so I've never played like a Broadway show playing bass, mostly just touring. Um, but the difference for that is tremendous for me because as a bass player with that band, I felt like I could just kind of hang back. Like I didn't, I, I, you're not the center of attention. Um, you know, you, you don't have as much pressure put on you. You just got to play your part, which is kind of a cool feeling. It's kind of freeing. And I love just being the hype man too. It's a great, it's a great, a great gig. And, uh, I'll, I'll play with those guys as long as things are going, honestly. Uh, but being a front man, there's a lot more pressure on you to be interactive and, um, you know, just be like the life of the party and you got to remember all your words. And <laughs> for me anyways, when I've been a front man, it's also been like a, a tour manager type of thing too. So I'm in charge. I'm answering all the questions and handling the logistics and all that stuff too. So just definitely way less pressure. Uh, both of them have their own pros and cons really. Well, take it through really quick with the tour managing aspect of it. Cause you know, we haven't talked to a ton of tour managers, especially artists who are their own tour managers. Like what's that side of the industry look like? Yeah. So let me be clear. I've only done it on like a, local cover band level when i lived up in illinois so i've never like tour managed for myself like across country but i mean what that looks like is neg negotiating pay hotels uh um, set times making sure all your guys are in the right place at the right time which depending on who your guys are it can be super stressful <laughs> uh you know making sure that equipment gets taken care of you know whatever is yours is yours and with the sound guys is theirs and keeping them separate and um you know somebody's got to do all the shots so <laughs> <laughs> that one took me a yeah. second i was like oh you gotta call your own shots okay oh wait no no yeah i got you gotta do all the shots um yeah man tour managing is fun like i i if something happened and music was off the table for me i think i could enjoy tour managing it's it's kind of cool uh, it takes someone who's super detail oriented um, and making sure that they're responsible too, for sure. Cause you're basically watching over four or five kids because that's what people <laughs> in bands are. They're just kids. Speaking of kind of being the life of the party and being the front man, um, you just recently played at whiskey jam. Um, what's that experience like? It's uh, a, <clears throat> well, it was weird first of all, because everyone had to sit in tables and wear masks and that whole thing. You know, it's, it's not how I envisioned it being when I moved to town. I, I envisioned my first whiskey jam being jam packed and everyone's sweating in there. Cause that's what whiskey jam is, man. Like ever since I moved to town, it's, it's, I've, and, that, and you love that part of it too. It's kind of like one of the things of it. That's just, that's just the thing you do. But that being said, it, it's an incredible honor. And, uh, it's it's a very surreal feeling to stand on that stage where you know countless of countless stars and massive you know people have been yeah it, it'll ne i've done it twice now so it, and it both times was very surreal um i'm still 
really looking forward to one where it's jam packed and it's off the chain, you know, like that's, that'll be that. I think that'll hit me even harder that time, but it's been great both times, no doubt. And I can't say thank you enough to ward wards the man, like for putting me up there. Yeah. How does that work? Does he, did he ask you or did you contact them or? Um, so the first time I, uh, I just, I think I had seen on Whiskey Jam's story or something that it was like, he posted like, hey, uh, if you want to play Whiskey Jam, slide in the DM. So I did. And I had several times other, like before that. And so I slid in, I was like, maybe he'll be checking him this time. Cause you know, it's a big account. I'm sure it's easy yeah. to lose messages, but I was just like, hey dude, uh, I would love to do it. And he's like, hey man, actually you've been on my radar for a while. I've been meaning to get you in here. What are you doing tomorrow? Like there was a whiskey jam the next day. I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, I haven't played with my band in nine months, but, uh, I was like, I'm not going to say no. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And so I was scrounging up players and just trying to arrange a rehearsal as quickly as I could. You know, I had stuff planned the next day, but like after I had gotten all the guys together in the rehearsal room booked, he hit me up and he's like, Hey dude, I'm so sorry. I actually, I double booked. I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, so he's like, what are you doing two weeks from now? So he got me on two weeks later, which is cool. And uh, yeah, so I, that's how I got the first one. The second one was a buddy of mine who he manages uh, an artist out of Texas and he just threw my name out there and Ward was like, yeah, let's have him back. He's like, love that dude. So nice. Yeah, Ward is a... seriously one of the nicest, nicest, hardest working dudes in town. So yeah to have seen... him like taking a liking to me is pretty awesome yeah and that's a great compliment that he asked you back too yeah 100 yeah. and yeah. i wouldn't be doing my job as a resident texan to ask who the texas artist is uh his name is mason lively oh yeah you've heard yeah. him you yeah, know him? i'm familiar with him yeah familiar with him yeah 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 i just had a meeting with his manager actually uh today at lunch just kind of hanging out and chatting a little bit cool nice have you uh, tried either of the Whiskey Jam whiskeys? I have. Uh, the Blackberry is good. I like shooting it. Um, I don't like the straight very much, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had they the Blackberry, and that one was our favorite. They just yeah, did the, it was pretty good. They did the NBC special uh, on Whiskey Jam, and the host of it, I know he's famous, his name for, escapes me, but he, he tried the straight one, and this dude looked like he just wanted to end the show right there. He's like, I'm <laughs> oh, you're talking about Ward. No, no, not, no, 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 not, not Ward. Sorry. The guy who hosted the NBC show, like shot the straight oh, whiskey and he gotcha. was just like, Oh, he was, he was yeah, like half dead, yeah. half keeled over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that being said, most of the times I've had the, 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 uh, what it, I, no, I forgot what it was. It was it the Blackberry. The Blackberry or what yeah. Is it? yeah. Yeah. Every time I've had that, it's been when I was mostly intoxicated. So <laughs> yeah. like almost every show pre pre COVID, uh ward would be like all right who wants shots and he'd just get the bottle out and start pouring them mm -hmm. and just be handing them out to everybody you know so that's man it's crazy to think that we won't have that again probably for a very long time yeah everyone's gonna be so worried about that for a long time i'm sure yeah i'll be honest though a couple drinks and ward starts pouring shots like that i'm like yeah, i'll just <laughs> take a few of those thank you oh absolutely the blackberry is life-changing yeah. yeah no doubt All right, so um, sorry you cut out. Um, Girls like you came out back in July. Um, it was your debut single, I guess. Take us through the release so far and uh, what that reception's been like. 
is uh definitely a learning experience <clears throat> i had a buddy of mine like come over and help me through the process of you know signing up a distributor and doing all that and i was so worried about like missing a step so i want to do everything perfect i'm very detail oriented in everything i do i overthink everything so i i did my best i definitely missed some steps here and there but that's just how it goes man that's the name of the game you just kind of learn as you go and you try to do better with every release so it went pretty well um and then you know i had cmt added it on the website once i got the music video out and shout out to andy paul at jeans media he's dude he's a rock star man like the fact that i get to work with him i don't understand why i do but i also don't question it because i'm pretty pumped about it he's working with he's sending me videos all the time he's actually out at ronnie dunn's house right now he's like dude come out with me man i was like "Ah, i got this podcast i'm committed uh he's no he's a a rock star man i'm gonna stop you right there if you told us hey sorry guys i have to reschedule i have to go run to ronnie dunn's house i wouldn't have been mad (laughs) no these guys are good mad (laughs) no it's all right no worries he he's shooting like uh ronnie's selling one of his uh like guest houses and so well guest house which is actually probably bigger than like all of our houses combined but uh he's shooting like a real estate thing for him so um but no he's working with like matt stell cameron marlowe just all over the place man he's working with everybody else kane so the fact that I'm working with them independently is like, I don't know why he wants to. I think it's probably because as me being an independent person, he gets to scratch that creative itch a little bit more because the label might be like, Hey, do it this way. Whereas with me, it's like, we kind of figure it out together. And um, I feel like I digressed from your question. I don't remember what it was now, but. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Hopefully I no, answered it somewhere in there. Great. That's great. I guess releasing girl like you during ah, COVID though. Yeah. Well, so releasing it during COVID, how did that change the way that you envisioned the release going? So um, basically when, when COVID hit for me, it was like, all right, there's no more live shows. What can I do to keep things going forward? And to me, it was like a no brainer. It was like studio stuff. I don't have any originals out. So in this time where the world's kind of shut down and touring is not really an option, it's like might as well dive into the stuff that's not going to stop, which is streaming. Um, so it's, it's weird, though, because we, we started that. Um, we started Girl Like You, I want to say it was like early May, maybe. And I got COVID late May. So luckily, it was right after I did my vocals. But I didn't get to go back and do what are called doubles, triples, and harmonies. So basically doubles and triples are just like layering, doing the same type of vocal melodies. It just kind of gets buried and makes it sound thicker. So we had to use like all like scratch takes for that. And then my producer sang the harmonies. (laughs) So uh, it was weird. I mean, it was a period of time when nobody knew what that thing was either. Like nobody knew what COVID was. We still don't really entirely know it. I don't feel like, Uh, but we did the best we could and yeah, I, f- I feel like it turned out as good as it could have, too. How long did it take you to return to the studio after COVID? So I I think at that point, I think I was done with what I needed to do, minus like the doubles, triples, and harmonies. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't think I had to go back until Sign Another Man, which I've, I remember right, I started the week that Girl Like You released, so July like 24th, 
around that time, somewhere in there. I, I just remember I was getting ready to release it. And I was like, hey, dude, I'm ready to get back in. I don't know what the song's going to be yet. And uh, so we just kind of started the conversation. And basically from there till December is how long it took for that one. And you mentioned not being able to go out and play new shows. And especially for an artist who's quote unquote new to the scene, you know, that's, that's a really big hit. That's hard not to be able to get up in front of people and be like, Hey guys, listen to my new song. It's awesome. I love it. So no what, what have you done or what did you do to kind of offset that, to be able to still get that out there? Um, you know, where'd you double down elsewhere? Um, I, well, luckily for me, I, I built a really loyal fan base back in Illinois. So I've, I've always got that to lean back on. Um, they, and when I released Girl Like You, people kind of lost their minds. I'm from like a really small town in Illinois and people don't really make do anything outside of the town. Most people just kind of live there. And so to have somebody leave the town and like pursue a music career and release a song on all platforms. And I think it played on a couple of local radio radio stations. Like people really took that to heart and really got behind me, which was like huge. That was huge for that song. Uh, the CMT thing was huge. Uh, but I did a lot of live streams to Facebook live, Instagram live. Those did really well early on in the pandemic. Um, but I'll tell you what the new thing is. TikTok. TikTok is the way it is working, man. It's getting people signed. Like, I don't know if you guys know Priscilla Block. Um, yeah, I was playing, I, I was playing in rounds with her a couple months ago and it's crazy. Like she's just absolutely taken off and i think there's going to be a couple more that happen like that i'm actually very new to the tiktok game but i'm saying right now like things are changing for me because of tiktok uh i put a couple of videos up of like my music videos and people are blowing it up and it's directly affecting my streaming and it's directly affecting my youtube views uh i posted a video of my just like a little clip of my sign of the man music video on saturday and I was sitting at like two and a half thousand views on YouTube five days ago. And I'm at 23,000 now, five days later. So wow, five days, over 20,000 views on YouTube, which is the power of yeah, TikTok you, wild, man. man. It's crazy. I'm not, and I'm not saying it to brag. I'm just like, I'm excited because <laughs> I found something that's, that works basically. It's crazy how TikTok's um, like platform, you can just you don't have to follow someone to see their videos it's kind of it's crazy man yeah yeah i've yeah and I, on tiktok i've gotten i think twelve thousand followers in the last five days which is <laughs> insane oh my goodness and, and you know what's crazier than that is that i could have one i could post one video tonight and i could have a hundred thousand more tomorrow a hundred thousand more likes or like followers it just takes one video really it's it's wild man it's yeah. an app like no other Brian, I, so Brian and I have been holdouts. Like yeah, my family, have, my fiance's you. family, me and Brian are the last two. <laughs> yeah, we just and I, my wall is crumbling. I, I <laughs> just every day I'm, I'm like Clayton saying, like, geez, it's, it's the, it's the way things are moving. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Take music out of the equation, like me trying to use TikTok for what it's good for, and I absolutely detest the app at its core because of what it is it's mm -hmm. it's pandering to short attention spans and it's you know it's mostly just people dancing <laughs> which is like <laughs> i have no in trouble in my life <laughs> right in that too exactly but 
after seeing so many of my friends, like I got a, a good buddy, Cooper Allen, he's at 1.4 million followers. Yeah. And I see his streaming numbers at 4 million for his most recent song and how people, people love when you like get them behind you in TikTok too. Like tonight I'm going to post a demo of a song and I'm going to be like, Hey guys, you've been digging what I've been giving you. Like, what do you guys think of this song? And if it blows up, I'm like, all right, we're hitting the studio. We're going to start, we're going to start on this one, even though I'm, 75 percent of the way done with that song already it's just gonna be like i'm just gonna crank it out and make them think they're the reason why i did it and then yeah. it's gonna blow up because of that so that being said if you guys got reasons to like build a following tiktok's the way man I'm telling you yeah i've noticed so many more artists are putting their unreleased stuff on tiktok too opposed mm -hmm. to like instagram or twitter now and so yeah dude it's uh facebook's kind of a dead thing to me yeah. honestly yeah. like just it doesn't really there's nothing going on i think instagram is going to be next or i mean twitter and instagram they're kind of the same thing to me it's like i think before long they'll put, kind of be obsolete and tiktok you know will be the new the new one for a while and then there'll be another one probably and mm -hmm. but yeah dude it's it's always good to di diversify to not have all your eggs in one basket because look at myspace like people yeah. thought that was the, <laughs> that was the shit back in the day uh i saw i think it was ironically a tweet or something before where <laughs> it was showing the percentage of like engagement on each platform and it was like facebook 0.01 percent of you know your following engages and twitter's like 0.3 percent and i think instagram was like 1.5 and tiktok was like six yeah no doubt dude i mean all those well tiktok's so new i think it's going to soon taper off. I think it will, which is why I stressed to all my friends. I'm like, get on TikTok Cause I think it's getting so oversaturated with musicians. Now early on, it was, you know, a handful that were just killing it. And now it's like a bunch of people who are just kind of killing it and trying it out. So that's why I'm like, yeah, I've been spending pretty much all my waking time in the last five days on TikTok trying to just, make sure I hammer it, dude. Cause if that's the ticket, then that's the ticket. If that gets people streaming the songs, then that's all I care about is just getting my music out to more people really. Yeah. If I got to do a TikTok dance, I'll do it, I guess one time. <laughs> <laughs> so back to your music a little bit, Signed Another Man is your latest song that you put out. Um, mm -hmm. Take us through the story behind that one. Yeah, so uh, I wrote it with Clayton Mann, Tommy O'Keefe, and Mike Foster. And uh, we wrote it, I want to say it was at least two years ago. And we sat down. And I don't even think we had the title, Signing the Man. I think, if I remember right, Clayton Mann had some kind of idea of, like, just basically we talked about how, like, there's so many country songs about how you break up and you're, you know, you're pissed at the other person. It's like, what if you weren't? What if you, like, had some sort of, mutual thing and it was like you wished him the best and so we just kind of started like i said we it took us seven hours to write that song and the first session was about three hours of just sitting there talking about the concept because we knew like we had something kind of special that people hadn't really tapped into yet so we just talked about it like basically as if it was a music video so we're like all right so you walk into this bar maybe you run into the other guy but he doesn't know it's you and you write him a note and it's all these things that this girl likes and it's like to help him out kind of. And it wasn't until the music video where we were like sitting down with my director and we're like, Oh, what if we put him like running into you at the laundromat before the bar 
and you like hold the door for him. And it's like, when you look back in and you see them happy together, and that's why you wrote the note is like added this whole new element to it. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was that. And then <clears throat> it was just me, Clayton Mann and Tommy O'Keefe the first session. And then we we're, after we realized we had something really good, we're like, all right, let's get another set of ears on this. So I brought in my buddy, Mike. And as soon as we wrote it, I was like, all right, this is, this is a smash. I knew it was. And I played it out a few times and it was like one of those songs that's like a, a room silencer. Like it would just quiet the room. And after, like I was playing it out at Broadway sets a lot of times and I just see in people's reactions to it. Like it's something like something changes in the room and like everyone's attention's on you and like you suck them in for that three and a half, four minutes. Yeah. The so. song's got a hook that's never been done before. And that's kind of what drew me into it. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, we uh, we tried our best to make it unique and and sonically interesting too. So I appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's even, awesome. Even when you're just talking like through the concept and story behind it, like kind of forgot that we were doing an interview for a second. I'm like, seeing him. I had him like, oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. man, that's there's something to that, and there is something yeah. to that. It's it's a six fifty k, I think. On it's getting up there on Spotify. There's a lot of spins for good reason. Hmm. Um, so releasing that song was, was the second release easier than the first? Cause you kind of talked about, you know, how you were really focused on all the details and you're kind of overthinking stuff on your first release, but was release number two, a little bit easier than that. Easier in some ways and more difficult in others. Um, I'll start with easier. It was easier because the first one, I had no idea what I was doing, um, not that I had it all figured out for the second one by any means, I'm still figuring it out. But after going through the process of the first one, I kind of knew how it worked. Um, so that, that part of things was easier. I knew what to expect out of the whole process of recording, but harder from the standpoint of, I had, I had to beat girl like you, which was hard because it was written with the number one songwriter. It was sitting around 200,000 streams. And I was just like questioning over and over again, is sign of the man the right route? Because it was so different. And I was like, are the people that like that going to like this? And at the end of the day, we kind of decided that that was one of its biggest strengths was that it was so different that it wasn't really comparable. Like you can't put them side by side because they're such different products. One's a ballad, one's an upbeat, um, you know, sonically one's kind of an acoustic down beat vibe except for the choruses kind of slap a little bit but a girl like you is just like you know 100 miles an hour the whole time so so yeah it was it's always a learning experience and some things are harder some things were easier so outside of music um what are some of the things you like to do i love to golf i don't get to do enough of it um, I try to go whenever it's nice out, I try to go like once a week if I can, I'm pretty terrible at it, but I can drink a lot of beer and I can, there you go. <laughs> I can, I can uh, drive a golf cart pretty good. Um, yeah, I love to travel too. Um, I obviously can't do that as much now, but, um, the last several years, like three or four years ago, I went to Thailand and the year after that, I went to Europe, all through Europe. So I, that's like definitely one of my passions that I want to get back to as soon as things open up, but kind of hard to do now. <laughs> when it comes to the golf course and you're out there and you're like with a group of guys, who's the person that can drink the most beer and keep their shot going <laughs> how they want it? 
You know, I think we're all pretty even. Um, but back home, there was a, a buddy of mine. His name is Devin. He could drink any amount of beer, and he played the same. It never mattered. For me, it's like, for me, it's like there's like a five, uh, like maybe four or five drink, like happy point where it's like it loosens you up. You play a little bit better, but then it's very soon after that that your coordination just goes goes out the window. <laughs> at least for me, anyways. And it's I'll, usually like the back, the back nine are just atrocious <laughs> for me. I'm like, I had a buddy of mine that we used to literally like. We were both not very good. He was better than me, but we we do shotguns for pars. So anytime either of us got a par, we both had a shotgun, and pretty much almost always by hole nine we we're like you know starting to, to teeter, and then eighteen we we're like blacking out. <laughs> yeah, I I play in an after work golf league, and some of the guys I play with do that. They shotgun for a birdie or do shots for a birdie and that makes more sense yeah see yeah because the parts started happening way too often as we played all the time and then we had to realize at a certain point we're like all right we can't do this anymore if we we don't want to get kicked off the golf course basically I think I found that I go the opposite way though. Cause when I'm at top golf and I'll have like a bucket of beers, I'll be two in shot. will get going a little bit straighter by six. Yeah. It's going as straight as it'll ever get. And I don't know if that's perception or if it's actually doing that. Um, but yeah, I need, I need the alcohol to hit a, hit a golf ball. Well, anywhere. top golf's interesting too. Cause you get to like keep doing that motion over and over again. If you're swinging your iron, you can swing your iron a hundred times and eventually you're going to get better at it. But like when you're out on the course, it's like, you swing your driver, then you don't swing it again for 20 minutes, maybe, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's where I get messed up. But if I'm at top golf, yeah, I, I agree with that. <laughs> well, tell us what do you have upcoming in 2021? Um, <clears throat> potentially, well, I don't like to talk about things that haven't happened yet. Cause I'm like, I don't want to jinx it, but I will, I will allude to what I think could be happening. <laughs> uh, I think I might be getting a, a major label cut this year, um, which would be pretty awesome. That could be pretty game changing for me. Uh, writing is definitely my avenue to to get to where I want to go as an artist. So, you know, everyone that's a writer in this town wants a pub deal and everybody wants to write with the next level up of writers and, you know, get the better cuts and stuff. So that could definitely push the needle in that direction for me. Um, Definitely more music. I'll tell you that for sure. Um, hopefully touring, you know, fingers crossed. I just booked our first full band show out of state. So back in Illinois at that, that club that I used to play at all the time. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's, those are the things the the, the cut on the major label. I just get weird about that just because I don't like to be one of those guys that like talks about something that doesn't end up happening and, you know, whether it's superstitious or I just don't want to be known for like talking a big game and then not backing it up. So I'll say that, but next time we talk, we might be able to talk more about it. Well, we'll hold the optimism for you. Thanks man. Um, before we cut you loose though, for the rest of your night, let everybody listening know where they can find you, who you are, cut, you know, plug those two songs they have out there. Um, just yeah. one more time. Yeah, so I'm Clayton Shea, um, Nashville recording artist and writer. And you can find me on social media at Clayton Shea Music. Uh, hit me up on TikTok. It's my new thing. 
uh, Girl Like You and Sign Another Man are out on all streaming platforms. And we've got two music videos out on YouTube. And those are both blowing up too. So check those out. Right, and please. Sign Another Man music video will be on CMT in a week, I believe. Oh, I could be wrong. It might be two weeks. I don't know what date it is. <laughs> <laughs> closing it's going up though. Closing the show out with a bang right there. That's a pretty big That's drop. Right. Appreciate it. Well, yeah. good luck with that. Uh, and thanks for joining us today. Brett, Brian, Hunter, thank you guys, man. Appreciate we'll, you. We'll talk soon, Clayton. Sounds great. Well, that was our interview with Clayton Shea. Hope you guys enjoyed. We talked. Uh, there's a lot of TikTok talk. TikTok talk. TikTok talk. <laughs> there's a lot of that, though. He He's uh, slowly but surely breaking down me and Brian's holdout on uh, – on tiktok so tbd on who breaks first <laughs> probably me but uh i hope you guys enjoyed the interview if you did leave us a review leave us a five-star review the more reviews we get our show is going to grow it's going to become more visible and it helps us improve our content for y'all so if you have suggestions on artists that you'd like to hear on here let us know shoot us a dm on social media send us an email uh, or just leave it right there on on the five-star review that you're going to leave but thanks everyone for listening we'll see y'all back here next week Oh,